Okay, welcome to our first edition of The Couch. And the idea of The Couch is to be talking to, uh, to really clever experts while they're on their couch. And I'm coming to you from the Salted Stone couch right here. Uh, but because of uh, the current situation, we can't both be on the same couch. So on his couch, joining me for our, our first uh, episode is Dave Levitt uh, from Murmur. Dave, thanks for joining us on the lovely couch too. No worries, thank you, Tony. Thank you for having me. Uh, you've got a nice little brown couch there. I've gone with the white couch, staying on Murmur brand. <laughs> well, yeah, you're one step ahead of me. Like you're, you're actually getting branding happening, even even while we're in isolation, which is awesome. We've, we've both worn branded shirts as well, without any, any <laughs> branding on that as well. That's right. Anyone think we may have organised this, and we haven't. <laughs> that was. That was completely random. Yeah. Completely random. So, Dave, let's start off with, um, you know, if you can tell us a little bit about Murmur, you know, the team size, for those that don't know about the, the, the wonderful company that you have, mm -hmm. you know, what type of industries of clients do you have? Yeah, we're a marketing agency. We started in uh, 2016 in Sydney. I spent four years or so working at B-Sky-B in London. Um, learned a huge amount over there in, in terms of my knowledge around marketing and then Moved back to Sydney in 2016 and started Murmur. And we've now got five staff. We've got three staff that help run our media activity. Um, so we'll run a lot of our clients' uh, digital media execution. We've got a, a designer that helps run a lot of our creative and campaign branding and design work for our clients. And I've got a senior account manager who works with me on marketing strategy. So uh, working with our clients on understanding their audience, their segmentation, their positioning, um, yeah, how they should go to market in terms of targeting. Um, so we help run qual focus groups, quant surveys and things like that. Um, so we're, uh, we're, we're a decent size. We're uh, based in Darlinghurst in Sydney. Uh, so very near, very close to the, the, the hub of where it all happens. But with COVID-19, we've kind of infiltrated uh, Sydney and we've now got six offices set up all across, all across this great city. Uh, I'm currently in our dual office I've also got teams in, uh, in Fairfield, uh, Liverpool, <laughs> Lane Cove, Gladesville. Uh, we're, we're covering some decent geograph geographic areas. So, so you've continued even with the expansion during COVID-19 by Absolutely. opening up these branches. Absolutely. <laughs> next is, next is it? franchising them, but uh, yeah, absolutely. No, no. We're just uh, we're we're finding it um, we're finding it interesting working from home, and uh, yeah, it's uh, when you have the Friday wind down, and you've got everyone together. It's just great to hear out everyone's stories and and what's been happening in their local hood. And we've got a a work from home Tuesday takeover that someone has uh, every day, so we can all try and feel connected to to where you know everyone is. And I think that's been one of the challenges at the moment is. Um, the collaboration within the team. So knowing, knowing what everyone's up to um, without having, being able to talk to them across the partition and things like that. So that, that Tuesday takeover has been pretty good. You'll have to jump onto our socials, Tony. Uh, I, I had mine yesterday and I went to town on it. <laughs> well, mate, I, you, did, you, did, you were one of the very early adopters, I think, of going virtual because uh, you did do the shared Spotify channel which uh, we all did, did jump on. Um, we probably rejected all our music, but uh, we certainly uh, tried to collaborate with that, uh, a shared Spotify channel, which was good. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let, let's talk about, um, you know, paid media, like uh, especially like, so, so one, of the, one of the big things I think that uh, people are feeling right now, you know, with, with the COVID-19 restrictions is, you know, do I cut my marketing budget to I reduce my marketing budget? So I wanted to just deep dive a little bit into the, the current channels because you pretty much work across all of them from, you know, the Google platform to social platforms like, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook. In this current climate, what would you say is working well? 
out of those platforms uh, in particularly for your clients and, and what you're seeing for yourself? I, I would say don't necessarily look at the platforms that are going to work well in this current climate. I think it's the activity that our uh, that clients and brands should be focusing on now that is important. The platforms will be there and they will do their job. And uh, I think obviously with more people at home, we're seeing a higher engagement on a lot of those digital platforms. Um, funnily enough as well, desktop is now out, starting to outperform mobile. I think generally because everyone's working at home now and spending more time at home on the desktop, the de we're seeing a lot more desktop interactivity. So um, you know, previously where mobile usage was going through the roof, um, desktops now kind of catching up to it. Um, but marketers will never be given another chance like this at all. What we're, what we're working through at the moment um, is unprecedented and we're never going to be able to conduct a factory reset, I call. You know, you get, you get the, something stuffs up at your computer and you, you go and reformat the whole drive and start again. We'll never be given that opportunity. And I think the next 90 days is crucial um, for a lot of brands. And a lot of brands that we're talking to um, is really about honing in on what, are, what is that strategy. Um, because the platforms is really around about the execution. The time now is to, to start looking at not only your short-term execution, but really your long-term strategy and, and brand building. Um, I think some of the best... Uh, Best platforms that you can use. Um, you know, Facebook is still giving a really great return, but instead of conversion, you might be driving engagement. So, um, one of the things that we would always work with our clients on is measuring the platform success against your brand objectives. And again, that comes down to strategy. So, I think I, I, I think the next the next ninety to one hundred and twenty days is a perfect opportunity for brands to get out there and conduct can get your audience research. Um, qualitative research is going to be hard to find but it can be there you just have to go and speak to your fans your customers and things like that um, get that secondary research done extrapolate those findings through point research so there's absolutely no reason why you can't be sending out surveys to all of your customers getting your NPS in order um, understanding your segments building that that market up um, valuing the market so that when everything returns back to normal then you're able to ramp up the activity that you've got planned. And that's really then when you can start looking at, at what platforms are, are using. But yeah. so I, I would say, um, and, and I, we can talk about the platforms itself, but I would say the activity that clients should be focusing on now is it should definitely be much more strategic um, yeah. than institutional as well. It, it's interesting you, you, you know, you pick on strategy. I, I, I just, just before we came on this call, I did a um, hosted a webinar uh, for, a, for a bunch of folks uh, at the Sydney Hills Business Chamber. And, and we ran a poll live, you know, for the hundred or so that were on the call, all, all generally small businesses. And, um, you know, said, said to the guys, you know, what, what are, there was about five or six options. What are, what are the three things that you would need support with right now um, during this thing? Number one was marketing. Mm -hmm. um, because, because folks and like we're, we're doing this, uh, this couch thing today is, you know, how do I, how do I market in such uncertain times? Second was strategy. And yep. the third was financial because obviously yeah. financial is important. Um, but it just highlighted to me that this is an opportunity to really strategically think about, you know, how is your business, how is your business pivoting itself now through the crisis, but also how would it look after the crisis? Yep. Because if you, if you do what, and I know some businesses are thinking about is, you know, in uncertain times, let's just cut everything. Let's just go back to, back to nothing, turn the lights off, shut the doors or whatever. It's probably the worst thing you need to do in history. I think through the war and through other crises, it's been the worst thing to do. How, how do you feel though, that this is also while businesses are coming back, it's also an opportunity for businesses to spend more. 
now is the only time to invest more. You've, 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 you've got to. And, and we've had clients, um, we've had clients that have, have cut back everything. Um, but what was really funny is about that started to have those conversations started having around the mid to mid to late March. And um, just this week, every client of ours by one has come back to us saying, let's restart everything again in May. Why is it, why is the best time to invest now? With the, the, there's, there's two things here. The first is there is a direct correlation between share of voice and your share of market. A share of voice is essentially how much media are you spending, how much is your brand getting out there in front of your consumers, and share of market is your market share. We know that there is a direct correlation. The IPA in the UK has actually released um, a bit of research on this. I believe um, Les Bennett and Peter Field wrote something. And when your share of voice is greater than your share of market, so when you're spending more than your competitors and against what your market share actually is, those brands tend to grow. And consequently, when your share of voice is less than your share of market, those brands need to shrink or tend to shrink. So the equilibrium is obviously making sure that your share of voice is greater than your share of market. Now, at the moment, with a bunch of brands cutting back on their marketing spend, the only thing smart marketers will be doing is actually looking at ways to think about how can I get in front of my customer? Because the customers are still there. Even though we're in isolation and in lockdown, it's about, it's about generating awareness. So that's the first point. The second point is around what's generally known as the 60-40 rule. And if you look at that research that the IPA released in the UK, Les Bennett Peter Field, um, it highlights the importance of investing in both short-term sales-focused marketing and longer-term brand-building activity. And they reckon that the perfect split is 60-40 amongst there. 60% focused on your brand and building your brand and 40% on short-term activation. So the second thing I would say is you should be doing brand activity. Build the brand up. Make sure that your brand act- act- activity, activity is uh, head and shoulders and the best that it can be so that when the time comes for short-term activation, when the lights get turned back on, um, your brand is top of mind. So the first thing is share of voice. Make sure your share of voice is greater than your share of market and make sure that your budget split uh, is generally split between that 60-40. Yeah, and I think I think that's such an important thing that you say about the sixty. Because most people are thinking like you, you, in in any kind of crisis, you you kind of think about almost like a desperation mode. It's kind of like I, I need my uh, my 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 paid media and my advertising to work. Almost like back to the old school where you'd run a TV ad and expect the phones to ring straight away. Um, and they lose that strategic approach. They they lose the brand stuff. And I and I know I spoke about the war stuff before, but you know, anybody on this call can look back on it and brands that continue to market through crisis like we're going through were the ones that became the leaders at the end because people felt they were still front of mind wherever they were. They, they could see that their brands were with them through the tough times as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, um, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it's a, it's a critical point that you p- point out there. I just want to um, just touch on content because, because again, people I think struggle with, you know, how do I put content out there? Like if I'm, branding is one thing obviously you know you can brand yourself in terms of you know this is why we're here this is what we do but how how should people sort of even adjust their content um in current crisis time so they don't look like they're you know trying to sell something or trying to promote themselves in a time where people are probably being a little bit more restrictive and and compassionate yep i think the main thing that 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 will change with content is the the themes and topics that you talk about so we work with a number of brands on uh, content strategy. Harking back to what I said before, strategy. The reason why a lot of brands get strategy wrong is because they don't have the time for it. They're working on like 
you know, short term activation. How do we reach this quarter's sales? How do we reach this month's sales? How do we get to this week's sales without necessarily thinking about what does the next 12 months look like? And I think the advantage of the time now is that you have the time as a marketer to sit back and actually plan your strategy out there. Same with content strategy. And content strategy is a subset of your brand strategy. So um, when we run content strategy workshops with clients, uh, we talk about three, the three O's. And the three O's are brand objectives, marketing objectives, and comms objectives. And the, these shouldn't have changed in, during COVID-19. So brand objectives, what does the brand or business need to do? And the most, that's the, that, we start with that because it's the most important thing a brand has to ask, ask themselves as well as a marketer. And the first reason why marketing budgets always cut is because we're off doing something else that doesn't line up towards the business objectives. So make sure your business objectives are in point. Make sure you've got your marketing objectives in there and finally your communication objectives. So what do you want to achieve? The second part of content strategy is around audience. So that's where you start looking at your audience breakdown, your segmentation, um, your demographics, psychographics, triggers and barriers, your brand tone of voice and things like that. And then we start talking about what we call the three T's of content. And the three T's are essentially themes, topics, and type. And themes is generally um, what interests do I have with my audience? And once you've done the first you know, two phases of the content strategy, um, you'll have an under a really, really tight understanding of your audience and you'll be able to know what those themes are. The second is the topics, which is like, what are their questions, concerns, curiosities about those things? And the type is your distribution. And that's generally, again, you hark back to the audience research that you've done, you'll know exactly how to get in front of your audience. Now, with COVID-19, what's going to change is the first two Ts, the themes and the topics. Um, because suddenly the things that, that are interested for your or interesting for your audience are suddenly shifting and moving around. And the second part is topics. So what are their questions, concerns, and curiosities? So that's generally from a content perspective, the two things that I would look at, um, structuring it that way. And then yeah, your audience research, um, your, own, your own social channels, um, uh, Google Trends gives you a huge amount of insight in terms of you know, what audiences are looking at and things like that. Um, but I would say from a content perspective, being able to look at the themes that your, interest, your, your audience is interested in and then breaking each theme down into the topics of distribution. And then you can scatter that through a content calendar that you have. And the type of content that you have is basically the distribution. And that won't necessarily change at all. It'll essentially be um, you know, your own social pages, your blog pages, your email, your distribution of how your content kind of gets out um, will remain the same. The way that you present that information may change. So you, you might start doing video content um, because you've got more time up your sleeve now, um, as opposed to doing you know, single still images supporting a bunch of text. Yeah, awesome. Awesome advice there. I like your three O's and your three T's and uh, um, be nice Make to it uh, simple. We'll, Make it get simple. A blog. Can you get a blog post out so we can share that with everybody? I think that's good. I can. Yeah. We've got a little template I can share with you. And it's, it's basically a template that we work through with all of our clients. And it's basically an A3 piece of paper. It's all split up into, into grids and you work the three O's down one side, do your audience and your brand on the other, and you've got your three T's on, on the rest and you've got your, your plan on the page. Awesome. So if you can share that, that'd be great. We'll share it with uh, folks as well. Um, sure. So let me, we, we talk about, you know, spending more, if you can spend more, I just want to turn it back um, now to if, if, you know, you're a small business, you've got a tight budget. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know what a tight budget is, but just say you've got a, a grand to spend on, on paid media. You're going to do something on paid media for a grand. 
how would people best spend that? They've, let's say they've done their strategy, they've done all that part, so they kind of know who they're talking to and the content that they're going to put out there. How would you suggest they do it? Like, would it be a channel choice or how, how would you think that they go about it to get the best return? It's a funnel choice. Um, when, you, when you've done your audience research, um, the consumer funnel, I always use the example of cars um, and everyone goes, no matter what it is that you purchase, you go through this process of awareness, consideration, preference, you know, acquisition, purchase, and then, and then loyalty. So you know, awareness, am I aware of your brand? I could name 20 car brands. They are Porsche, Ferrari, Volvo, Audi, Mazda. Um, in terms of brands that I consider suitable for myself, I've got a wife and a 10-month-old son. Like, I'm not going to buy a Ferrari. Um, so there's probably about five or six brands in there that I would consider. Um, which, which of those five or six brands do I prefer? Um, I probably got about a choice of three and then finally acquire, I'm, I'm going to purchase one. So that customer funnel of awareness, consideration, preference and acquisition, um, you find that out in your audience research. So in your strategy, you'll know exactly what percent of the market is aware of you, consider you, prefer you and acquire you. And then once you've got that, um, you'll be able to see what your conversion rate is through those pieces of the funnel. And, um, top of funnel activity, it's got very broad, but it's got slower effects and, and big paybacks unless your brand activity. Your bottom of funnel activity is it's got narrower, but earlier effects um, and smaller paybacks, but it's, it's more immediate. And depending upon where the issue is in your funnel is dependent upon where you go with media. So for example, there are certain channels that are great for awareness, TV, TVC, uh, TV commercials are great at driving awareness they're pretty shit at driving acquisition. And that's why, they, that's why they do them, because they know that they want to keep their awareness up. They know that if, I'm, if someone's aware of my product, there's a pretty good chance that they're going to consider us, that they're going to prefer us, and they're ultimately going to buy us. And what I would say is work from the bottom up. So you know, look, at, look at that funnel, look at what your conversion rates are between them, where, where each segment um, within your market is actually dropping off. And if you've got a really high convert, a high drop-off rate, like 80, you lose 80% of your customers between you know, acquisition and consideration, well, you know that you need to do a fair bit more in acquisition. And so I'd be putting that $1,000 in there. So the first thing I would do is make sure I know where my funnel is and what the audience breakdown is there. And the second thing is I would look at what kind of media I use. And generally in media, we talk about owned media, paid media, and earned media. Owned media is media that you own, it's things like your Facebook page, your email list, um, your website. Um, paid media is things like your Google ads, your Facebook ads, it buys you reach, uh, it's TV channels, it's out of home advertising, anything that you pay somebody else for to put your message on and get eyeballs. And then earned media is, you know, virality. It's um, the amplification of media as well. So things like PR is earned media. Um, and I would say, especially for small businesses, and we work with a lot of small businesses, um, we work with a lot of brands on paid media, but I would always say the first thing that you've got to absolutely nail is your own media. And the reason for that is because it doesn't, you're not paying anyone. You're not paying Facebook. You're not paying Google. You're not paying Channel 9. Um, you're not paying own media to get, your, get, get a massive billboard. You basically can control the, the narrative. You can control the publishing platform that it's put out on. So I'll make sure that all of my social channels are up to, up to date. I make sure that if I'm doing blogs that they're all updated. I make sure my email list is, is current. Um, and I'll be focusing the money on there um, and making sure that those are tight. And then once they're tight from an owned media perspective, then I'm, I know that I can go out and do paid media. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good comment because again, like people can invest there with a minimum budget. They can invest their own time and probably have more time now than they would normally during you know all of these uh, isolation uh, times that we're we're kind of going through. Um, uh, just on that as well, one other thing I would say is that when you look at owned media, a lot of brands, especially in COVID nineteen, are shifting to an e-commerce model. So they're shifting things onto their website. And if you've got a one percent conversion rate on your website, if you start driving traffic to there. Um, you're better off saving that money, investing in some conversion rate optimization or improving your website, um, speak to some designers and developers to come in and basically improve your conversion rate from 1% to 2% or 3% because then the paid media that you put out there is going to do such a better job of actually converting to the an end customer that you need. Yeah, yeah, great advice. Just to, um, just to finish up with then, let's, let's look at platform. Um, so regardless of, of budget, if it's tired or, or you have some money, what are some of the tips that you're finding in terms of conversion, say on Facebook? What, what's working on Facebook more so now? Video, definitely, definitely, video? definitely yep. video. Um, I'll be trying to get video content out as much as, as, as possible. We know the video, video increases conversion rate 3.3 um, times more than it does over a static image. And that, that's, that's a blended approach from um, most of our clients. Um, and within video, I'll be looking at six second and 15 second videos um, and definitely putting subtitles on them as well. Um, what we're finding is that the short form video from a, a six second and 15 second is getting much more visibility and people are, are, are not necessarily um, watching videos with sound on. So if you've got a, a, a video um, or you've got some content that's being spoken in there, it's not just background music make sure that you've got subtitles working on that at the moment. So Facebook, I would definitely say video. Canvas ads are really good. Once you've got video assets, um, if you make Canvas ads, uh, they will essentially build a mini micro site on platform for you. Um, it's a really engaging experience for a consumer. It does a lot of, um, a lot of heavy lifting for your top of funnel activity. Um, and it really helps bring people on board. And then from a search perspective, um, Google ads are, are great. We've, um, we've got a beauty client at the moment where their cost has remained flat uh, from March and April. And in the last 30 days, with the same cost, we've increased clicks by 75% and conversions have increased by 104%. That's with the same cost. So it's about trying to fish with the fish show and understanding exactly where your audience is. And, and once they are there, capitalizing on that. Yeah, that's, all, that's awesome. So that's kind of Facebook and, and, and Google search. Mm -hmm. um, just incidentally on the Facebook one, like um, the, the, as you mentioned before, the, the, the new format for ads um, where you can create these microsites is obviously aiding conversion because you're keeping people in platform, yep. Yep. which obviously helps with engagement. And, and things like lead gen forms on Facebook, um, very easy for people to, to conduct. So we do a lot of work with B2B businesses. I think we work with a couple of yours as well, Tony, um, in our partnership. But... Um, uh, lead generation forms on Facebook. If you're a business that's after leads, um, that, that's a huge resource I would use. It, it almost avoids your website. People are interested in through, through, through an ad uh, and you've got enough information on that ad, either through a canvas ad or a carousel or, or a video that explains your, your benefits. Um, people can essentially drop their details in with one or two clicks and then it basically stores it in the platform. And, and then from there you export it and, and contact them and Bob's your uncle. 
So what about the other platforms? So that, you know, obviously Facebook, or Google search, if we took a, you know, there, there's obviously LinkedIn, there's Instagram, yeah. uh, Pinterest, and then also TikTok. I mean, I know TikTok, yeah. um, someone was saying actually the other day I was talking to them, obviously we all know TikTok is very much in that younger, real young generation, but because people are spending so much time at home, the, the, the audience has extended a little bit yep. more to people trying to find TikTok. So what would you say about those other platforms? I, I look at them, invest in them. Um, definitely manage them from an own perspective before you start putting paid budget behind them. So for example, TikTok is huge in engagement. It's not going to drive sales. Um, but if you're looking at creating video content that engages with your audience, that, that pushes them from a top of funnel, middle funnel down so that when they see an offer, they can capitalize on that. I would say those platforms uh, are perfect for that. Um, Snapchat, exactly the same. Um, don't just dip your toe in the water though. And, and the, the one thing I would say is that make sure the success of those platforms is being measured against the objective. So don't, me don't measure your TikTok activity against sales or leads because that's not, that's not what it's going to do. Um, you've got your strategy in place. If your strategy says that our audience is you know, on these platforms, and they're requiring content in order for us to reach our brand objectives and our marketing objectives for the year, go help leather. Um, if you've done your research and your strategy uh, is basically saying, you know, we need to drive and drive acquisition, then just focus on the channels that drive acquisition. Don't, don't be distracted. And I would say um, with a strategic decision, um, make sure that your strategy is in place and hold the course on it um, and don't deviate too much from that um, because as soon as you start going and doing a lot of tactical execution uh, without strategy i think it was sun tzu and um, that said tactics without strategies the the noise before defeat um so def definitely i would say look at the platforms um as long as they abide by your strategy linkedin is a really good platform for b2b businesses we get a lot of business clients that need lead generation um through business owners and uh, specific to job titles so Rather than a direct-to-consumer uh, model, LinkedIn, you can get really targeted advertising based on things like someone's job title, the company that they work with. LinkedIn just released that feature, I think it was about two weeks or so ago, where you can now target um, companies directly. Um, uh, YouTube, YouTube is, is great at driving awareness. It, again, it's not going to drive conversion and bottom of funnel activity, but a six-second bumper ad, there's so much you can say in six seconds. And you can get really creative with that video. Um, and likewise, it's repurposing content. So that five or six second video you've got on Facebook, there's no reason why you can't shift that onto YouTube and just drive your brand awareness through there. Yeah. Awesome um, conversation, mate. And I think, um, you know, your, your, your comment before about a saying and another one that I've, you know, often heard and often that they say, if you, if you plan, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, some of the key takeaways from today's uh, couch session have been, you know, use strategy, you know, use your own resources to get your, your, your whole office in order first because you're not paying anybody to do that. And no one knows your product better than you know your product and your service. Um, and then do that research and that strategy planning to understand who's the audience you really want. And then to Dave's point, kind of test and measure across stuff. This is the best time, yep. I, I think, in the world to be doing A and B testing right now. Trying yep. a little bit here, trying a little bit there. It's almost like fishing. Like you're just going to be putting a few bit, bits of bait out there and see which ones nibble. And then they're the ones that you need to go on. And stuff you may have never tried before, now's the time to do it. Absolutely. I, I think when we're on quotes, I saw a great one. We've got this um, little hamburger joint up the road called Pirate Pete's at Round Corner. And I walked past there the other day on, on the way to get my morning coffee and they had this really amazing um, quote in there. And it's so pertinent for the moment. And, and, and the quote was, I'm going to paraphrase it, but it was basically saying, you can't control the wind, but you can adjust your sails. 
And I thought, you know, with everything COVID-19 going on, it's so, um, it's so pertinent and relevant. Like, as in, like, every, there's a lot of stuff going on out there at the moment. Um, you know, we're in the middle of a storm. Um, we can't control, you can't control what you can't control, but what you can control, uh, do. Yeah. And I think, I think to that point as well, like it's so important for, for people. I know, I know the words used a lot and I, I, you know, I sort of think about it before I use it, but the word of pivoting the business, you know, a lot yep. of people are talking about, it. but the thing I like about the pivoting part of it and relates to our conversation before is that, you know, if you're pivoting your business, your brand is still contained. Your foundation yep. of your business is still right. Cause to your point earlier on, it's not about today. Like we might be doing stuff today to get us through these tough times and they will end all crisis ends at some point. But how will our business look after this? What will yeah. we have done to our brand and our positioning if we get too reactive and we forget about that pivot and go off and do something completely different? Yeah, I, I think the, the, the pivoting is really interesting as well. We, um, early on in this, uh, in this pandemic, I, I sat down with all the staff and we were all working on it by this point for a couple of days. And I can distinctly remember saying that there, there is a time now where none of you or none of us are going to be doing stuff in our JD. Everyone's doing stuff different and, and everyone is pivoting as the business pivots. And it's just about, again, finding the opportunities and finding the hidden opportunities. So we've got, um, you know, our designer is now running social media reports. Our performance media marketing manager is doing out-of-home brand planning. Um, you know, Ella and the team is now running organic social media community management. Um, so people are taking on different roles in the business as those opportunities uh, come up. And I think yeah, we're working harder and faster than, than ever before. Yeah. I, th I think so. I am too. I mean, it's surprising yeah. we've got time to sit on the couch now, mate. We should be out. I know. I'm going to have to knock <laughs> off and go do some work now. That's it. That's it. Not time for another coffee and then get stuck into it. But thanks so much for joining us on the couch. Dave uh, Levitt from Murma. Been in no worries. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for having me.